Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman, a mom to an incredible young adult son on the autism spectrum. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast three years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. The special needs parenting village is large, so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my website, Facebook page, or Instagram account. And let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, please leave a rating and written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season three of Living the Sky Life. Thank you for tuning back into Living the Sky Life. My guest today is Ryan Lefevers. Ryan is coming up on 14 years of marriage and has been together with his wife, Kristen, for 20 years. They are parents to two handsome autistic boys, Parker, who is age five, and Dustin, who is age three. Ryan recently started social media pages to share a dad's view of raising autistic children. He can be found on Facebook at My Heroes Raising Boys on the Spectrum or on Instagram, My Heroes on the Spectrum. So please enjoy my conversation with Ryan. So welcome back to Living the Sky Life. I have the pleasure today of talking to a dad. I don't often get a lot of dads um, as my guests. So Welcome, Ryan Lefevers, to the podcast. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I read your blogs and I love your perspective as a dad. And like I said, I don't really get to talk that, to that many dads besides my husband, <laughs> just about <laughs> his perspective on um, just autism and all the feelings and the things that go on in a dad's mind. It's similar to moms, I'm sure, but it, it, there is a little bit of a different perspective, especially being the dad to um, two boys. So um, I kind of want to just get right into it and unpack your autism journey with you. Um, I know that you have two young sons, Parker and um, Dustin, and um, yep. Parker was diagnosed first. He's the oldest. So can you tell us a little bit about that and just how autism entered your, your world? Uh, sure. So uh, as you said, I have two young boys. Um, Parker's five. He'll be six in December. Dustin just turned three. Um, so Parker was our first diagnosis. And um, I, I don't know. I, I think when you first have kids, you have all these things in your mind. You have, uh, okay, I'm going to teach them how to play baseball and we're going to mm -hmm. get into little league and, and, um, and then they, uh, in our case, Parker didn't meet certain milestones mm -hmm. and, and it was, he, he met all his gross motor milestones, but not a lot of his fine motor milestones, not a lot of his speech milestones. And every time we would ask, you know, the, the pediatrician or the doctor about it, they would just kind of brush it off and say, well, he's a boy and boys develop later. And, you know, I, I really don't think it's anything to be concerned about. And we, we even brought up the fact that he started losing words. So he had, you know, at one point he had five words and then it was all back down to one word. And they said, well, boys do that. And, and then the words come back and it was just this big, long runaround. And <laughs> And it, it took, it took a lot of 
research more on my wife's end than my end. Mm -hmm. I, I was kind of consumed in, in work. Um, and, and I was just kind of going along with what, what the doctor said, you know, they're the doctor, they're the professional, mm -hmm. they, they should know better, right? They should know, mm -hmm. <laughs> they should know what, <laughs> what uh, they're doing. And it's called practicing medicine for a reason, but I, I still feel like, you know, they should know when to, when to move things on to a different step, to mm -hmm. a different area. And oddly enough, um, I had switched to a different pediatrician because I had changed jobs when Parker turned, I don't know, he was about one, two years old. And that pediatrician said the same thing. Huh. So I was getting the same response from two different pediatricians. And I'm like, That's okay, odd. so this must be the deal. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a, a speech delay and boys learn later and he's just a boy and that's what boys do and um my wife had started doing research of it and she came across um <laughs> kind of how you and I have met uh she came across finding Cooper's voice mm -hmm. and and she's like she said that's Parker he's yeah you know there's there's no speech there's and so we started looking into it we mentioned it to the pediatrician they still didn't they still like fought us to get a referral so we had to do like hearing first and then after hearing was okay then they then they said okay you need to do speech therapy before we'll even send you somewhere for diagnosis and uh, it I think by the time the diagnosis came around we were kind of prepared for it but sometimes when you hear it mm -hmm. and knowing about it it's like different so yeah. it still kind of hit us hard, even though we were prepared for an autism diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it still kind of hit us hard. And the test that they make you fill out for your kids. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, it is. It's so negative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's so much negativity yeah. in those. And I, I think that's probably what hit us the most is going down that list and just saying no to, you know, yep. 80% of the things on that piece of paper, you know? Yeah. Just... And my son's 18 now. And I still think, I, I can't remember when I last did one of those. I don't think they have us do it anymore, but he was probably at least 14 and he was still listed as a zero to 18 month level because he doesn't have any words. So half the questions are like, does he say this or can he, you know, do this It's all about communication. And if they don't have communication, then they're pretty much considered a baby. Um, right. So it's like, it's pointless for me to fill that out. <laughs> so, right. And, uh, and that's, that's another thing about those two is, is I, I, uh, our kids are really, really smart. Mm -hmm. And just because they don't have words doesn't mean that they're not smart and that they're mm -hmm. not listening. And I, I, I always find it funny. It's, it's like, okay, your, your kid doesn't have any words. So now they're considered severe. And it's like, okay, but my kid does all these other things that other kids don't do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? it's yeah. Just, it's just kind of, it's like, I understand he doesn't have words, but he still communicates with me. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't, it, it just didn't make sense. Well, okay, you're going to label severe because, and that's another thing too, with the, the labels that yeah. 
low to moderate, severe, all these other things. It's like, to me, autism is autism and, yep. you, you know, it's different for everybody, but it, 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 a lot of us deal with similarities. So, mm-hmm. well, so when you, when your wife kind of did some digging and um, the, the word autism came up and all of that, what was your initial thought? I mean, did you kind of see maybe even Cooper's description or other kids and say, oh no, that's not really Parker. That's not, I don't think he has that because, you know, he's maybe doing this differently. So um, did you, were you hesitant to put that label on? Yeah, I I was a little hesitant. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I, I also was angry um, Mm -hmm. because, because I didn't feel that that was, that was him. And I didn't feel like that was going to be our life. So I, I, I was angry and I started, um, you know, I started blaming people and blaming things and mm-hmm. blaming myself. And, um, you know, I, we, uh, both my wife and I, we were in kind of some, uh, some lower end jobs at the time that Parker was born. So mm-hmm. it was, it, it was, it didn't make sense to hire, um, or to send him to daycare. Right. Because right, right. it was so expensive. You know, my wife's whole paycheck would have gone to daycare. So yep. better to take care of their kid than their mom. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so we made it, we made it work to where she could stay home. And then I started, you know, when he started not talking, I started, you know, blaming the fact that we didn't put him in daycare because he, he wasn't, wasn't around. Socialized. Kids, yeah. mm-hmm. wasn't socializing. And, and even though, you know, we didn't really have the means to afford daycare, I started, you know, I started blaming that. I started saying, okay, mm-hmm. he's, he, he's not socializing with enough kids, even though, you know, my wife and I would read to him all the time and we would sing songs to him. And, you, you know, it's not like he wasn't hearing words. It was just, he, he wasn't around other, other kids, really. Mm-hmm. He, he had some cousins. He was around them during the holidays and birthdays, but you know, it wasn't a daily thing around other kids. And so, you know, I started, I started blaming those things and I started, then I started blaming myself and, and even (laughs) blaming my wife. And I feel horrible about that now looking back at it, but you know, I, I was saying things like, we're reading him the wrong books and you, you know <laughs> we got to start reading this type of book and you, you know we're singing him the wrong songs we should be singing him lullabies not songs from the 80s and, you know. the 80s are great <laughs> yeah yeah it can send you into a and, tailspin can it yeah and and so when she she shared cooper with me mm-hmm. i i still I said, I didn't want to believe it. I wanted to still believe the doctors that it was a speech delay because mm-hmm. every time you hear from a doctor, the doctor says, oh yeah, it's a speech delay. And then I looked that up and, you know, people go, oh yeah, my kid went to speech and they came out talking in six months, mm-hmm. you know, came out talking in 10 months. I'm like, okay, sweet. We're going to go in and in 10 months, he's going to come out talking and I'm not going to be able to shut him up. You know, he's going <laughs> to, and um, but then that's when we start noticing other things, not only speech delay. So um, hand flapping started uh, around that time. So around three years old, hand flapping started a little bit more. Um, he, he also became fixated on particular 
videos or particular shows. Uh, he didn't play with toys appropriately. Uh, you, you know, just just other signs of autism that started coming with it. And then that, I think that's when the realization set in for me mm -hmm. was, okay, that's, it's not just a speech delay. Here we are, speech 12 months, and he still hasn't gained any additional words. And so there, you know, there it is. But like I said, you go into the doc, to the, to that office and fill out those forms. And then it's like, okay, <laughs> here it is on paper now. And it just kind of hits a little harder, you mm -hmm. know, it's just, it is. It's especially when different. they confirm it and they say, so when you went, did you go back to the pediatrician, um, with a lot of other stuff and then get the diagnosis from them? Or did you have to go elsewhere to get the official yeah, diagnosis? We had, yeah. We had to go to a, a different, um, a different source, a different medical office to get a mm -hmm. diagnosis. And we did that on our own. Yeah. Because the, the pediatrician, was only going to refer us to to hearing and speech and they weren't going to refer us anywhere else so um, it's so frustrating because you can't get services I mean it's hard to actually give your child the label I mean that's I think a lot of people wait years and they wrestle with that like I don't want to label them autistic at three or whatever because maybe it's not that maybe it is apraxia like severe apraxia and they can come out of that and they just have some social anxiety just typical of kids that are anxious or shy or whatever. Um, but you can't get a lot of the services if you don't have the diagnosis of autism. So it's kind of a, a catch 22 when you're a parent. It, yeah, you're, you're right. It, absolutely. You're right. And, and, and part of me wishes that I didn't, that I didn't wait so long and, uh, that I kind of, uh, you know, trusted, a a gut instinct, especially on my wife's side, I think she had more of a gut instinct than I did. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I kind of wish that we would have gone to that, gone that route sooner so that we could have started getting him services quicker. Because like you said, you can't get services without a diagnosis. So mm -hmm. it, and by the time you, uh, we applied to try to get him an autism diagnosis, they said, okay, the next available appointment's in seven months. So, <laughs> you know, it just pushes it out even further. After yeah. That. Yep. Ours is a little over a year. It was insane. And this was back in early 2000s. So, yeah, it hasn't gotten a lot better, fortunately. <laughs> no, no, it really hasn't. No. So, did you guys start services for Parker? right away as far as speech i know he was already in that and then what other things are you guys doing or able to do so are you seeing any so, benefits so we um by the time he got diagnosed it was time for him to start school okay and since he wasn't um and that was another thing we were concerned about too was here for the public school they want to make sure that they can that they can handle him mm -hmm. so it was like you know now now we're going through more testing and more like making sure that they could they could take care of his needs and so that was another thing that we were concerned about and um but they they do a really great job here um but we also didn't want to overwhelm him with services as soon as he got into school because everything was new for mm -hmm. him you know he got he got speech he didn't like speech at all um, uh, and, and I didn't really see much of a benefit 
from speech. So we decided to give speech through the school instead of going back to the place that he hated. Um, and then uh, shortly thereafter, maybe about three months into the school, they suggested ABA and we said, okay, let's try ABA. And he absolutely loves ABA mm-hmm. and he excels in ABA. And I know, I know for some people they hear ABA and they, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's still controversial. Yeah. You know? but, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it's different for, for everybody and he excels in it. I've, um, during COVID, you know, I saw the, telecommunications with ABA and he excelled with it at home so I know he's excelling with it at school and um, I think that's where we see the most the most gains is through through his ABA therapy right now mm-hmm. yeah. well you know and it's funny because um, I, I like I like I said I've been in this world of autism a long time with my son and um, we've done ABA most of his life and even I've seen the difference I think I think the people who are speaking out so strongly against it mean well. Um, but I, I do think that if there's one benefit from their aggression <laughs> about the rest of us putting our kids in ABA, it's that we've learned as parents, I feel like how to spot good ABA versus bad ABA. I don't really feel like there are many centers that do it the way it was originated years ago when my son was small, um, very robotic, demanding eye contact, none of that stuff. I haven't seen that in a long time, at least where I live. And um, that's just not the way ABA is formulated anymore. I think they've learned from the mistakes that they made initially and gotten feedback. So, you know, I'm a fan of it because it's really worked well for my son too. But, you know, everyone has their own feeling on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, I, well, that's good and, that and he's I, doing that agree, and driving. But yeah, I definitely agree with that too. I don't, I, and it's probably because of when we started, but um, I I feel like ABA for him, they time his eye contact, but they don't demand it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you know, they time how long he can sit with his hands folded at the table, but right. it's not demanded. It's, you, you know, they're, they're trying to extend it. Uh, the time period, you know, okay, what's mm-hmm. going to keep him here at the table? What's going to keep him interested? What's going to keep, you know, his focus on me in order to, in order to get what he wants it. I, I feel that's kind of where, uh, uh, how his ABA works right now is mm-hmm. they, they focus on timing it and they say, okay, try a little bit harder, buddy, you know, and they try and push him a little bit, but not enough to cause uh a, a huge meltdown or anything mm-hmm. like that and right. so yeah and I I think you're right I think that's kind of where it's it's different they probably learned from it in the in the past that 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 method doesn't work <laughs> yeah for sure well in one of your articles it was so it was just very powerful to me um you wrote in his view from home um and you were talking about what you had mentioned a little bit ago about blaming yourself and kind of finding faults um, for autism in general and all the things going on with Parker. Were you able to, have you been able to shift some of that blame and kind of refocus that on, you know, hope for Parker and, you know, achieving goals and milestones? Um, have, you, have you gotten to that place that you are able to 
no longer blame yourself or anyone else. And, you know, he was made the way he was supposed to be. And that, yes. is that still taking some time? Cause it can no, take a no, long time. I, 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 so, so for me, I, I know it's different for everybody. So for me, I think what it helped was finding, um, finding a community of, of people mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that are kind of all in the same boat. Um, and be, because before I started, I, I started believing different things because they're the people that I work with, they don't deal with autism mm-hmm. every day. And, yep. and, you, you know, uh, my family members, they don't have kids that are autistic and it, you know, it's, they don't. So when they hear our stories, they're like, wow, I can't, I can't believe you do that. Cause I would never do anything like that. And it's like, well, I do it cause because I kind of have to do it. Each, yeah. You know? yeah. It's, not, it's not a choice. It's not really, <laughs> you know, and, and, and um, I think finding the community helped because then I find other people that are doing the same things that mm-hmm. I'm doing. And, and so it's like, oh, not out of the normal for me to be um, co-sleeping with my, with my oldest son. You, you mm-hmm. know, that's, that's, that's a, I, I, it's not normal for everybody, but it's, it's normal for, for quite a few of us who I've talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I, I think, I think at the beginning that part bugged me because, you, you know, I, that wasn't a part of the plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't, mm-hmm. a, it wasn't a plan. I wasn't going to go sleep with my oldest son. That wasn't part of the plan. And, um, so I, I think finding my finding that community and has helped uh, to give hope because I see a lot of milestones being met, mm-hmm. and then I also find my tiny milestones. You know, I I, I find that uh, that I can celebrate all the the littlest things. I don't care what they are. I'm just gonna I'm gonna celebrate them, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna try and maintain a positive outlook on everything because that's that's how I want my kids to see things too I want them to see a positive outlook on everything so uh, I want my energy to rub off and them and them to be happy that's that's what I want so is there is there times where I see other things and I see you know my cut my nephews and nieces and they do different things and do I get a little bit sad when I see their milestones as opposed to my kids yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but I don't I don't dwell on them because if I dwell on them, then I just get into a bad place. And that's, it's just not, it, it's just not healthy for anybody. So, you know, I'll get yeah. sad. I'll talk to my wife about it. And then, you, you know, we'll talk and tomorrow's a new day and we're happy with our kids because our kids are happy and healthy and we just move on. Um, yeah. I think that's why it's so, so, it's so important. Like you said, that you have found a support group of other dads too, that, um, that have children, your son's ages and older. So you can kind of look towards the future. 
especially at their young ages that you have found that group of people, because it's so isolating, as you know, because family members don't totally understand friends don't really understand. They try sometimes, but, um, it's just different. And, you know, I, I heard from another dad a few years ago, um, on the podcast, he was telling me like, it's so important that you take those moments to be upset or to grieve or whatever, and not dismiss them because they will build up eventually and you'll lose it over the smallest thing. It's, it's normal. Any parent is that way. If your child gets cut from a team, they really wanted. I mean, you grieve that you're sad for them. You, you just want the best for your kids always. So, you know, when who's, who's to say what Parker and Dustin will do, but if they don't get their driver's license at 16, you'll see all of their friends getting theirs. And I've gone through it and you just kind of grieve it. And you're like, man, this stinks. This isn't fair. And then you get over it. And tomorrow's another day. Like you said, it's just, it's so important to allow yourself to be upset because it's okay. It's normal. (laughs) So. Agree. I I agree. And I, I, I think that's, um, that's a good, a very good piece of advice. And that's kind of the advice I give when anybody asks me, you, you know, when you first hear the word autism as a diagnosis, you know, what, what is some advice that you give to brand new parents who've heard it for the first time? And, and I, I think you're spot on with that is like, give your, give yourself, um, give yourself the ability or not the ability, but just allow yourself to go through those emotions, mm-hmm. go be, be sad, be angry about it, but don't dwell on it. You, you know, it's, I, I think if you, I think it's when you dwell on it, that that's what makes it bad. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, but still it's, it, even though you feel bad because you shouldn't be sad because your, your kids are the most beautiful things in the world and they're your life and they mean the world to you. Um, I, I don't think anybody should feel bad about being sad or being angry about an autism diagnosis. And I, I feel like, you know, those emotions are going to come and then you just have to, you know, talk them out. Even if you want to get a therapist or whatever, just talk mm-hmm. it out and, and then just move, move on. And that's, that's the best thing I can say. Yep. I agree with you. Definitely on the therapy part. <laughs> my therapist <laughs> is on my speed dial. <laughs> I see her a lot. Um, <laughs> Well, and I guess to add to it, so um, three years after Parker, you guys added Dustin. Your kids are so cute, by the way. Um, You you added Dustin to your family. Um, Did And I know he has also been diagnosed with autism. Did his diagnosis come quicker than Parker's? Maybe because you guys were watching him like a hawk or, I mean, (laughs) how how did that all come to be um, with, with Dustin? So, so I'll, I'll be honest here. We were, uh, I, I hate to admit it, but yeah, we were watching him like a hawk. Um, mm-hmm. y- you know, we were watching everything he did and, you know, we're like, is, is he responding to his name today? And we'd like yell out <laughs> across the room and make sure that he like looked at us and, um, and we're like, okay, cool. He's, he's responding to his name, you know? And I, I mean, every little thing, I'll be honest. We were just, it was like, was, was that a hand flap right there? Or like, you know, is he playing with that toy appropriately? Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's doing that. We, every little thing, I think we nitpicked on him and I, and, 
I, I hate to, I hate to admit to that because every kid's different. Every child's different. And I always told myself, I'm not going to compare my kids. I'm not going to say that this one does this better than this one. And this one <laughs> I've always said, I'm never going to do that, you know, but I, I think with the autism diagnosis of Parker, it made us really want to be aware of, of Dustin and, mm-hmm. um, and in all honesty, for the longest time, we, we didn't suspect autism with Dustin. Uh, he was meeting milestones. He was keeping milestones. He wasn't losing words. And then um, suddenly by the age of two, which is why, you know, everybody says, you know, keep an eye on the age of two. We had, we had regression mm-hmm. and words that he had are gone uh he, he gained some new words but the the words that he had initially they're they're long gone they're just i i haven't heard them since hmm. and he just had his third birthday um and so in california before the age of three you can get into an early start program mm-hmm. and and because we had um a diagnosis with Parker already they they didn't even want to do like any testing with us and they're like oh yeah you qualify for early start it, it was like piece of cake it, it was just like we called up we said hey you know we have some concerns and you know his older brother's diagnosed with severe nonverbal and they're like oh he is okay no problem when do you want to start services it, it was just like that I, I mean literally real quick they're like ABA speech, you know, let's, let's get it going. So, um, so, and, and then shortly thereafter, um, we did get him uh, diagnosed um, and that was to help for after three, because after three years old, he goes, he doesn't go into early start anymore and he has to go into different programs. So, um, that's kind of where we're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually going to be starting school on Monday with um, speech and ABA. And then he's going to be getting um, speech um, after school as well. So um, it's a lot of therapy with in your house. It, it really is. <laughs> it really is a, a lot of therapy. Lots oh, and lots. Oh, Well, um, so how, I mean, every child is is unique in general anyway, and especially children with autism, they're all unique. So how are Parker and Dustin similar and different as far as their, um, their needs? Are they both completely nonverbal or do they both now have a handful of words? Do they communicate similarly or does one use, you know, AAC or PECs and the other one doesn't? Are they? Yeah. So, so Parker is completely nonverbal. Um, so he has, I'll, I'll say it's one word, um, and his one word is up and it's because when he was little, he would come up to me and he'd say up because he wants me to throw him up in the air, the funnest thing for him. So, so that word stuck with him and he continues to say it. Sometimes I don't hear it as much as I used to. And then it comes back and I hear it all the time. Um, but other than that word, 
he has no other words. The way he communicates right now, he is working on PECs. Um, he kind of uses an AAC device to tell us what he wants to eat. Um, okay. Um, so he, he's got pictures on there and he points to, you know, uh, on the AAC, what he wants to eat. Um, so we're slowly working that in. Uh, he uses PECs right now at school. Um, and then we're trying to uh, incorporate the AAC at school, but that probably won't happen until next year. Um, and then Dustin has words, but they're not really to communicate. So he doesn't come up to us and say, you know, I want cereal. He just takes our hand and brings us to the cereal and then gives us um, the sign for want, uh, okay. kind of like sign language. Mm -hmm. and, and then sometimes he'll even say want, um, but it's lately it's been rare uh, that he does that. It used to be more, uh, it, 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 he used to say it a lot more. Now it's kind of rare, but he, he kind of does the sign for want. Um, he does point, so he'll point at certain things that he wants. Um, we'll still try and get him to say want at that point. Um, the words that he does have are really focused on numbers. So he can count one through 10. Um, he can say all his ABCs and he knows m most of his colors. Um, but if, if he wants something or you know, wants to eat a particular thing or watch a particular show. It's more of, you know, I'm going to show you with my hand um, mm -hmm. to communicate. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I just wonder if the two boys interacting with each other, if they're picking up things from each other and can help each help each other with their communication, if it's pointing or manding or any of those things, if maybe Parker learns from his younger brother some things, and then Dustin learns from Parker some things. Um, it's interesting, their dynamic, I, I would imagine, in your house. It, it, it is. And for the longest time, we actually thought that Dustin was copying his brother. And, and we're like, okay, it's not autism because he's copying his brother. He's hand slapping because Parker's hand slapping. Uh -huh. and it's like, okay, we you know, it's, it, it's not autism. And, um, and I, I think when it clicked in for us was uh, the regression. And then also when uh, a little bit different too is um, Parker never played with toys properly. Dustin kind of plays with toys properly, but he also likes to lay on the ground and watch the wheels spin on a car or propeller spin <laughs> on an airplane. And, and Parker doesn't really do that. So, uh, I mean, they have some similarities in communication on how to get things that they want. Um, I, I feel like Dustin has a little more of uh, like an echolalia mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, he, he'll count, but only when he hears somebody else counting, he'll say his ABCs, but only when he hears somebody else say ABCs. He'll say his colors, but only after somebody else says, says his colors. So I feel like he has a little more um, echolalia. And then I feel like Parker just has no words at all. 
Um, but but it, it is interesting to see how different autism can be though uh-huh. too, because with with Parker, you know, I I he's completely nonverbal and um he he's very limited on the communication and so on and so forth. And then with Dustin, Dustin has words, however, he doesn't really use them to communicate. Um, but they they're entirely two different people with two different autism diagnoses. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's really interesting to see because you know, at the beginning, I only knew one type of autism diagnosis. I knew Parker's, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, and so. How many times so, have you heard from people, uh, your boys don't look autistic though. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if I had a dollar, I, I would be a millionaire <laughs> for how many times people said that to me about Skylar. Now more, I mean, I don't know if they know autism specifically, but you know, when we were just at church earlier and, um, you know, he sits in his stroller out in the lobby with my husband, just cause sometimes he might clap or whatever. We don't want him to interrupt the service. And so, um, seeing an 18 year old man who has, you know, clearly has his face shaved, like, you know, if he's sitting in a stroller or something's a little up with him, but still, I don't know if people know that's autism because it doesn't, I don't know. I mean, there's no real look to autism, but I still think people constantly go back to like rain man and like he'd be talking to himself and wandering around and spewing out math figures and like stuff like I, that but yeah I I agree I, I I mean I I've had so so many people tell me tell me that even even the doctors have told us that like mm-hmm. they, well he doesn't look autistic it's like okay <laughs> show me what you have a third eye on his forehead what does that mean it's like what is what does that mean he doesn't look autistic and funny enough i i had family members tell me that at the beginning and i think they learned as time went on Mm -hmm. you you know it's like that's that's not what you say because autism like you said autism doesn't look like anything it looks different for for everybody Mm -hmm. and 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 I've had, I've had so many people come to me, especially with Dustin and say, well, he's saying words. How can he be autistic? And I'm like, well, <laughs> it, just because he talks doesn't mean that he's not autistic. You know, it's like, I, 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 I've had so many, they're like, are you sure he's autistic? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And, <laughs> you know, I've got professionals that told me the same thing. So that pretty yeah. sure he's autistic. I just, just because he doesn't talk doesn't mean that you don't see the, the other things that I see day to day, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, and, and I think it's probably because Dustin's a little more um, hands-on with people. Like he, mm-hmm. he doesn't mind being around people. Parker kind of tries to like seclude himself from people. So so that's a, a little difference between the two as well. Um, but as Dustin's getting older, I'm noticing that he's starting to do that as well. So he used to spend a lot of time with us in a particular room in the house. And now he's taking 
all his stuff into another room and would prefer to spend it out there alone rather gotcha. than spending it with us. So, so it, it, it's just kind of, it's just kind of weird to me. It's weird because I'm with Dustin, I'm seeing it in phases mm-hmm. with Parker. I don't, I don't think I really ever saw it in phases. It was just kind of like, wham, there it was. Mm-hmm. And with Dustin, I kind of seeing it in phases. It just kind of like, loss of words here come the hand flapping and now here comes where i'm gonna start secluding myself and not participating with anybody else and so um but but yeah I, i've i've had so my parents have questioned me <laughs> with this, say are you sure i'm like yeah i'm pretty sure pretty sure I'm like, they're like we know you know you a lot of people and you know about it and I'm like yeah I'm almost almost positive and you know if I have a diagnosis you know I'm yeah. pretty sure they know what they're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> well do the boys play together I and mean, what do they like to do what makes them smile and, and laugh and just be kids what what about them is so fun to be around and to, and to enjoy so so both of them like being chased um so Uh uh-oh i hope they're not runners like big time (laughs) that's not good but luckily they're runners within a certain vicinity they don't go far um but uh, they they both they both find it hilarious either watching so parker is more of a people watcher he enjoys watching people run but he also enjoys having the wind in his face so swings slides you, you know, anything that'll kind of push wind against his face, he thinks is the greatest thing ever. Aww. Um, Dustin loves the swings as well. He loves slides as well, but he also likes, likes to be chased. And then Parker enjoys watching me chase Dustin. He <laughs> thinks that's funny. Um, so, you know, we'll make big circles around the house. I'll pretend I'm a dinosaur or something. And, and then we'll go chasing after, after Dustin and, and Parker will see me coming in the other room and then he'll think it's funny. So I'll go after him. And um, yeah, I, I, I mean, they, they both, they both love the, the good thing I think is they both love being outside. So, you know, swings, parks, they, they love that. Um, interacting with each other. They, they honestly don't interact with each other that much. Um, and when they, do it's because there's a particular video on youtube that they both like you know they're like they're watching it together and there'll be some other times where they interact with a certain toy and i just try to capture those moments as much as i can mm-hmm. because they're just kind of they're in in all sense of honesty they're rare so i'll just i'll just try and capture those moments um do they both come up to you when you're playing guitar? I mean, do they sit, sit yes, with you for that? that. I yeah. love the music. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, Parker loves a particular song that I've sang to him uh, since he was a baby. Uh, and like I said, uh, <laughs> I didn't know a lot of lullabies. Uh, so I sing a lot of like 80s rock, 90s I'm in rock. it. Big <laughs> hair, man. <laughs> that's my genre. That's, that's the best. <laughs> and and one one song in particular I sang to him ever since he was a baby was um my hero by the Foo Fighters yes 
which is why I, I had named my pages the way that I named my pages. Yes. Was because that is an absolute song that Parker loves. And uh, I sing it to Dustin as well. Parker loves it more than Dustin loves it. Dustin kind of likes a lot of newer stuff. Uh, some some older stuff, but um, there's a song from the movie Sing. It's a, a, an Elton John. Yeah, song. I love that movie. Yep, I know what it's, you're talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, still, I'm still standing. Um, and that's, that's Dustin's favorite song. Um, and then Parker's is My Heroes from the Food Fighters. And Parker used to get mad at me if I would sing that song to Dustin. So I had to kind of be careful <laughs> that I, he, he would, he would like go kind of even go into meltdown. Sometimes I had to be careful. Like, like that's his hey, time with you, know, you. That's, that's your song. Okay. I understand that. <laughs> you know, like, I gotta... Oh my goodness. So, but um, yeah, that's kind of how my pages came. My page name came about was just because that was uh, mm-hmm. a song that I sing to both of them and they, they both love it. I, I can, Parker could be running around doing whatever and I could sit down and play that song and he would just sit there and listen. Aww. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't move, nothing. He would just sit down and listen. But they, they do both love music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they enjoy touching the guitar because of the vibrations. So a lot of times they'll put their hands on the guitar, they'll put their heads up close to it and kind of, you know, try and feel the vibrations. And I, I think they enjoy that um, a lot. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. And, you know, that kind of brings me to my last question for you really is, you know, their diagnosis are still relatively fresh. I mean, they're only, you know, young boys, almost six and and three, but um, have you learned more about yourself as a dad now that you've had a few years to kind of reflect on the process of, you know, it's having two children with autism. Cause I honestly feel like it doesn't, it doesn't change how we parent or who we are as parents. It just makes us a different kind of parent. Like we focus on things that are a little different than maybe other families have to focus on. Um, so have you learned anything about yourself, you know, initially from when you found out you're going to be a dad and then, you know, just now how you are a dad? I, I think the biggest thing I learned is, I, and I'm still working on it because it's taking taking some time, but it is how to be um, like more patient. <laughs> I, I, I think I think that's the biggest thing I've learned because I er, early on I didn't understand why when I said no, they didn't know what it meant. <laughs> you know it's, it's like I say no I, I mean no you know I, I put you over in the corner but then you still smile at me uh, so you're not you're not under understanding that I'm trying to discipline you and that you're not supposed to be doing what you're doing and that I'm trying to protect you a lot of the time from what you're doing mm-hmm. um and and I I think it took me a well, obviously took me longer with, with Parker to realize that discipline is going to have to be different Mm -hmm. and that I'm going to have to be more patient and 
um, try to try to deal with it in a different way. Because like you said, we're still parenting, but we're parenting in a different way. It's not, it's not the same way that, that you would parent, um, you know, other children. And so I, I think, I think that took me a little while with Parker. Um, and like I said, I, I still work on it. I still have to like take a deep breath and count to 10 when they like throw things all over the floor and i have to count to 30 and i yeah. still not there <laughs> and they don't pick them up and i'm like uh okay and you, you know i got one kid that's playing in the dog's water bowl and i got another kid that's like throwing skittles all over the floor and you, you know it, it's i i i'm just kind of learning to to just kind of take a deep breath know that they're they're still trying to understand that they're not supposed to do that right. and then just try and divert them away from the situation and draw their attention elsewhere right. and 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 redirect right and mm -hmm. it, so so i i think that was i i think that's probably the thing that i've learned the most is just i i'm gonna have to take a few steps back take a couple mm -hmm. of breaths and just kind of just yeah kind of like okay uh, all right this is it's different for us but that's that's um that's your life that's, that's my life yeah I feel like you know and you had said earlier too that you know in the beginning and even, even now I'm sure um when you have feelings and you're just kind of going through it um that you talk to your wife and I think you know in my short 18 years of wisdom with um, with my son I feel like this diagnosis or any diagnosis for a child can divide a, a parenting team more than anything else. And um, if you don't have your spouse or your partner to um, to laugh with when the kid's in the water bowl and the other one's throwing Skittles, I mean, sometimes you just have to laugh and, yes. and embrace each other, let each other both vent and be upset and whatever. Um, because I think I honestly feel like that's the only way my husband and I have kind of made it through is because we really laugh about pretty much anything at this point. If we <laughs> say like, I can't imagine this getting any worse. It always does. And then we're like, all right, well, we'll just handle that too. But, um, you know, I just think that hopefully you guys have, have a, such a strong support system with each other to, you know, manage whatever comes your way, you know, in the next few years and 10 years, 15 years with the boys. Yeah, I think, I think, um, so she and I kind of made a rule between each other early on um, in this journey that we weren't going to, um, we weren't going to hold back feelings between each other because mm -hmm. I, I feel like if you hold it in and then, and then you let it all out at once, it, it's not, that's not healthy either. So we, we were going to just kind of tell each other, you know, what we're feeling at that time in that moment mm -hmm. uh, um, so that, so that we could both work through it. So um, early on, I, me personally, I had issues because I was uh, co-sleeping with my oldest son instead of mm -hmm. sleeping in the same bed with my, with my wife. And so to me, that was hard. And then you, you know, you tell people at work and they go, uh, that doesn't sound right. You know, they're, 
sounds like you got marriage problems and, what do they know <laughs> you know it's like it, it's like sounds like you know it sounds like she doesn't even want to do that and I'm like um okay um and and it it wasn't like that at all but I I had to talk with her about it mm-hmm. you know it was like it's like hey this is bothering me this is and let me tell you why it's bothering me but it it you know it wasn't like that at all it's just that's that's the life we have mm-hmm. um if I don't co-sleep with my son we will be up every two to three hours I have to work <laughs> he has to process school um y- you know I yeah we yeah. can't have that so the temporary only way get, I'm sure yeah mm-hmm. we'll, the only way we get six hours plus of sleep is if I sleep with him mm-hmm. so that's what I do um and and it works mm-hmm. so it and it it's just it's just things like that though like I said it was bothering me and it was mm-hmm. bothering me because I was talking to people that didn't get it they didn't understand when I talked to other dads I come to find that 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 have you know autistic kids I come to find out a lot of them do it yeah <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> yeah I'm not the only one yeah and it's like oh okay <laughs> all right I'm not the only one there's a lot of a lot of autistic dads that do that okay all right then so that's why it's so important to find your village right you know to find is. the people that can understand what you're talking about and they don't look at you like you're completely mad um when you tell your stories of what we go through because people just don't understand it's our normal it's our everyday and they're like what your child's still in pull-ups what you know I'm, right you know I, I'm right. not even gonna go there with you it's it's not a big deal um well how can what is um tell everybody your your Facebook page for your blog so that other people can follow you and read your writing and all of that sure so um my Facebook page is my heroes and there's dash raising boys on the spectrum mm-hmm. um I, I need to do better at adding more stuff to it, uh, but <laughs> I get bogged down with yeah. work. <laughs> and two little kids. <laughs> well, I just think it's great if, you know, if there are people listening, a bunch of moms listening or whatever, and they're like, you know what? My husband really needs somebody to talk to too, that they could at least reach out to you and then um, find Absolutely. the groups that you're part of and that you guys can all, you know, talk because- it is a little different, you know, than mom and a dad. It's great if we talk to each other, but there is feelings that dads have that moms don't and vice versa. So it's just nice to have people who can relate to you. They're the same gender as you. They go through some of the same things you do and feelings you do. Um, so I, I love that. And um, hopefully you can share that with people if they reach out to you about how to yeah, connect. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm more than happy to, to talk to anybody. I always sometimes I'll see on other pages um, that aren't even uh, autism related pages, you know, a dad will chime in and say something about his autistic kids. I'll offer to say, Hey, you know, shoot me a a message or here's my cell phone. I, I'm more than happy to even just listen because sometimes Mm -hmm. that's all you need is just a person to listen, you you know, maybe, and, and someone to listen that, that understands too. Um, and Some, isn't trying to fix it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the hard part too, is finding someone that's just willing to listen and say, I, I understand I've been there and not try to tell you how to fix it. 
Exactly. They, you don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. I just want <laughs> right. to complain to somebody for five minutes, right. <laughs> let it go, and then I'll be fine. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. That's it. That's hundred percent true. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thank you so much for coming on and just being candid and just talking about your boys. They absolutely are adorable, and um, thank they you. have such bright futures ahead and there's so many things that they're going to accomplish and do, especially that they're only, you know, little, little boys at this point. Um, I can't wait to see all of the, the things that you find out about them that they love to do and they grow into and all of that. So um, thanks for sharing them with all of us. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. And I, I can't wait either. Uh, I mean, well, I can wait a little bit longer. They can stay a little, a little longer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. More manageable when they're small. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you well, for having me i appreciate it absolutely we'll take care ryan and um i will link up your page so people can easily find you and read your writing thank you so much absolutely i hope you enjoyed this episode of living the sky life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon if you haven't already please subscribe to the living the sky life podcast within Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Play, so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Skylife with others. Thanks again for listening.